Thank you, God, for moms. Thank you for Karen's heart as a mom. I knew her back at South Vineyard when she had just little Annika. And now she's the mother of three beautiful daughters. Thank you also for Gordy and his spirit of fathering us and the way he dances during worship. We just ask that your heart be in us, that you just open our hearts, God, to hear you, to love you, and just to hear what what Gordy is going to share on neighboring, what Karen's going to share about being a mom. And we just thank you, God, so much for both of them. And we just ask their words just to be a blessing to every part of us and to be able to welcome you into our heart and into this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Kim. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to introduce Karen and, and let her share with you. Uh, I asked her a few weeks ago, knowing the kind of week I was going to have this past week, if she would be ready. I always so appreciate uh, what Karen shares, both in worship as well as just interacting with her. It's just such a treasure that God has put in her heart and uh, the way that she has responded to the various circumstances of her life and life and twi- twists and turns and lives. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to thank you as well for the warm send-off you gave Sue last week. She so appreciated it. And I got a Facebook message from her last night, and she went to her mom's church. Her mom has just given her life to the Lord. So this, we're, we're part of a whole family that's just coming to faith. And her mom brought her to her church, and she was just thrilled with it. She loved the church that, um, that uh, she attended. This is our homestay daughter that uh, went back to Korea last week. So thank you, because she really felt loved and sent off and warmed by you. And our next homestay arrives tonight. Hallelujah. Karen, are you going to use your mic? Okay. Okay. So let me, pray, let me just pray again. Lord, we just thank you for Karen and the gift she is to us. And Lord, as she uh, shares her heart, Lord, just out of the treasure that you've placed there, Lord, open our hearts to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Gordy. When Gordy first asked me to share something about being a mom, I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to talk about? Getting up in the middle of the night with my kids. How many meals I make in a day? Boring. <laughs> Nothing. I was like, I honestly don't know what I want to say. And then it occurred to me one night, in the middle of the night, when I was nursing Samantha, that maybe I should ask God if he wanted me to say anything. It's always a good, good idea. <clears throat> Before I phoned Gordy to say no. And uh, he instantly brought to mind this book, You Are Special, by Max Lucado. Have any of you ever read this book before? Couple hands, not too many. Okay, good. This was... Um, a book that was read to me at a women's group. Um, can't remember if I was married or not at that point, but I, I do remember being there and being in a position, so I must have been married, <clears throat> of the prospect of becoming a mother and how freaked out I felt about that whole idea because I was the youngest of four kids and 
I didn't really grow up with kids. I wasn't comfortable around kids. And anytime I'd babysat them, they'd always spit on me or like I had to change a diaper or wipe a bum or something. It was just like, oh, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't really into that. <laughs> and so I really wondered, like, if I have a child, will I love it? I don't know. Like, I honestly didn't know. And it worried me. I was like, I don't really like other people's kids. Why would I like my own? Like, that, that, was, a, that was a thought. <laughs> So anyway, this book was read, and I'll get more to that later. So for now, I'll just read it. I've um, photocopied the pictures, and then I read later, no part of this publication may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system. Anyway. So if nobody tells, I think we're okay. So here's... <laughs> here's the picture, so you can look at the picture while I'm reading the words. <clears throat> the Wemmicks were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodworker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes. Some were tall, others were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats. But all were made by the same carver and all lived in the same village. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of golden star stickers and a box of gray dot stickers. And up and down the streets, all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. The talented ones got stars too. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still others knew big words or could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some Wemmicks had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. It made them want to do something else and get another star. Others, though, could do little. They got dots. Punchinello was one of these. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then when he would try to explain why he fell, he would say something silly and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in the water, and then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would come up and give him one for no reason at all. He deserves lots of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchinello believed them. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. The few times he went outside, he hung around other Wemmicks who had a lot of dots. He felt better around them. One day, he met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots or stars. 
She was just wooden. Her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up and give her a star, but it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they'd give her a dot, but it wouldn't stay either. That's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day I go see Eli. Eli? Yeah, Eli, the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out for yourself? Go up the hill, he's there. And with that, the Wemmick who had no stickers turned and skipped away. Will he want to see me? Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear. So Punchinello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around, giving each, other's, giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here, and he turned to leave. Then he heard his name. Punchinello? The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come, let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large, bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little Wemmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Hmm, the maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I, I tried really hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're Wemmicks, just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think. And I think you are pretty special. Punchinello laughed. <laughs> Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint's peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders, and spoke very slowly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say.
Every day, I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no marks, said Punchinello. I know. She told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got lots of marks. For now, just come to see me every day and let me remind you about how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the limit walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. So awesome story. Gloria, I'll get this, just go to the next one. So in that little women's group, when this story was first read, they read the story, then they passed around the book. And I got to this page, and it was like the Holy Spirit just went in my heart as I looked at the maker's face and the delight he has as he's making this new mimic. Look at those eyes. I don't know what you see when you look at those eyes, but I just see pure, like, he's so into what he's doing, and he's so delighted by the thought of this new Wemmick and how he's going to make him, what his eyes are going to be like, and all the external stuff, but also all the internal stuff, too, and just all the thought processes that are in his, going through his mind are just all there on his face. And I thought to myself, wow, like if you want to make a new being and I have something to do with it, then who am I to stand in your way? Because you love what you make. And I think, obviously this affects all of us. It's not just my story, but the beginning of my opening my heart to being a mother, it's, I think it's so important for knowing that's how God sees us now, that he made each one of you, and he still feels that way, and it doesn't matter how many dots or stars you have stuck on you, all he ever wanted was just for you to come and hang out with him every day, and For some reason, that becomes hard. <clears throat> I think it affects our neighboring, too. If we don't see how God sees us and how, what his eyes are towards us, then we certainly aren't going to view other people the way God views them, too, because he views them in the same way. <clears throat> so simple, but profound, I think, at the same time. 
And I just know, Gordy, I'm not entirely sure what you wanted to say, but I thought if there could be a moment for us to actually be like Pensionello this morning and figuratively in our mind's eye take a walk up the hill and what happens when we open the door and walk into his workshop and have our own conversation with God this morning about how we're feeling, about being there, about whether we're afraid to look in his eyes or not, asking him for the courage to do so if we don't have the courage to do so, and then being able to actually just look. <laughs> and I know in the times where I've done that, where I've been afraid to look in his eyes because I'm so aware of my dots, this is the face I see every time. So I just kind of wanted to spend some time doing that and just letting him father us today or mother us. <clears throat> yeah, what a wonderful Mother's Day message. Just hearing a story. We're going to get that for our grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can't wait to read it to them. Mm. I love that the dots fall off. When what your maker says to you matters more than what others said. I really feel the Lord's ministering to that this morning. So, Alec, I don't know if you guys are up to this, but I'd, I'd love you to come and just, just play a little more in a minute. Are you, up? Are you able to do that with Millie? <laughs> um, but we're going to just have some silence first and just letting the Lord pour into us. Do you guys know that song, I Love Your Presence and mm-hmm. the Glory of You? Just that song's been going through my head for a week. Look into the eyes of your maker. Can you do that? The one who made you? See his sheer delight. There's been numbers of times lately where the Lord is just, as I've been telling someone about his love for them, I've, 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 I've used the word delight because often our idea of God is of us is one of putting up with us mm-hmm. and uh, being a grandparent just renews that whole sense of, of delight that is so miraculous I think delight is one of the most amazing words to describe God's love for us it means that you give him pleasure that you give him joy So, Holy Spirit, would you come and just open our eyes to that today? So let's just, let's just do what Karen expressed. Let's just take, take some time right now and take a couple minutes and just let the Father pour into you. And Don't be intimidated by the silence. Sometimes 
you know, your stomach starts growling because it's getting close to lunch. And all, just, let's just be human together and, and just be together quietly. So I grew up in a movement where we didn't, our, our quiet time was between breaths. We need times where we can stop and just wait. Let's just do that for a couple minutes, then we'll move on. Maybe I'll help lead that a little bit. Just So let's just uh, take a deep breath. And let's walk up the hill together. Just be aware of how you're feeling, what's coming up for you. If you're ready, you can open the door and go on in. And if you're not, then just take the time you need. What do you see when you open the door? Can you see him, or is he hidden? What's he saying? What's he doing? He reaches out and he touches you. How does that make you feel? He takes his hand and he puts it under your chin. And he lifts it. Is that easy or do you resist?
And if you're still outside the door, you're welcome to come in. I can hear him laughing. And when you look in his eyes, when you look in his face, what do you see? Ephesians chapter 1 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Great pleasure. Even before he made the world, before the Grand Canyon, before the most beautiful sight that you can think of that you have ever laid eyes on, this verse says that God thought about you thought about you, Kathleen. And he said, oh, what a great idea, Kathleen. That's going to be so amazing. I can't wait to make her. She's going to be like nobody else. Oh, she's going to be the best mom. She's going to be the best wife. She's going to be the best daughter. I can't wait. Before Mount Kilimanjaro, before Niagara Falls, before the universe upon the universe upon the universe, God said, Veronica, what a great idea. Yes. Yes. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so great when Veronica gets here. Yeah. God takes delight in you. In each one of us. That's what the scripture says. It gave God great pleasure. The message says he made us whole and holy by his love. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. 
My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. I call on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help, and he heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountain shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leapt from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. Amid the hail and burning coals, he shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. His lightning flashed, and they were greatly confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. He rescued me because he delights in me.